Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Saints Score on Voice FM 103.9 as well as all of your good podcasting platforms. The international break is over. Are playing this weekend. Yes, I had that same reaction as well. As you can tell, Jamie is in the virtual studio for today, as well as Mikey. There's no Ollie this week, but boys, how are you doing? I'm good, lad. Happy that football's actually returning, but also sad that there's going to be another international break in four weeks. We just have to forget that's going to happen. It's silly. Have you been up to much, Jamie, in this past ten days? Because guys, have... we've not, we don't speak, we haven't spoken outside the podcast because all three of us have been very, very very busy uh, with true. uni work and other things like that so what have you been up to in the last 10 days i've been doing some location scouting for some tv shows Ooh. and just doing some site management but also been a bit of a botanist today harry what now a, i've been a um it's a special word for someone that i don't know does stuff with plants basically and nice. um, i've been re-po- replanting my Ch- um, chinese coin plants so that uh, is quite exciting I mean, there's plenty of things on your side. We go back to Southampton and we go to Mikey Major. And how are you doing? And have you been busy? I know you've been busy in the last 10 days, but I'll, I'll ask you the question anyway. Yeah, it's it's been a busy, busy couple of weeks. Um, went up to Crystal Palace and their training ground and worked with their under-18s and under-23 goalkeepers, which was awesome. Uh, great experience to have. Um, and yeah, basically been clipping games left, right and centre. Tottenham have had a few, top of the league. So, you know, that's going quite well. Um, but yeah, it's been a busy, busy, busy week. I'm glad to hear we've all been relatively busy. So recording this on the Friday. So there's less than 24 hours until kickoff. Boys, how do you feel about the game that's just about to come up? Leeds United. Mikey, you can start off with the proceedings. Uh, I think it's very similar to what the Wolves game uh, probably felt like in the fact that we know how good like, a side leads can be. However, they just haven't really got the results that they they, they got last year. Like mm. We know how dogged leads are. We know how much like they run, how much they work, how much they press off the ball. But it just hasn't come up with them. I think they've had a lot of injuries this season for the start of this year as well. So I think that probably hasn't helped them. Well, you look at their team, they won't, I think Bamford, Phillips, uh, someone else like Rafinha as well. There's, well. Rafinha's not guaranteed, but I think he's he played with 34 hours till kickoff. I think he played last night in a, I think he might have scored twice as well. So looking at that team sheet, how, how encouraged are you by the fact that they're going to be missing a lot of the players that, you know, did really well in their 3-0 and their, their 2, did they win 2-0 at St. Mary's last season? I'm pretty sure. Last, so. last minute goal, yeah. wasn't it? In the end. So, Jamie, you look at the players that they're missing. How encouraged are you by that? No Bamfords. How about that? It is quite exciting, but as a Saints fan, I don't like to get my hopes up. <laughs> I think everyone can agree with me on that. It's just, I see all these players out, but Leeds have had a quite a good summer window in getting in these players out when these Arc players can't play. They have a decent replacement for them. So I think everyone might be getting a bit too excited for the game. I think, I don't know, I still think we can go and win this. However, Leeds still do have some very good players in their squad that can easily replace the, the likes of them. Do you think with Leeds it's more of a more of a team effort? I know they've not had the best start to the season, 
but like like Mike, you said, a lot of that might be down to the injuries, and I think a lot of it is. Do you think it's more they're more of a system-based team under Marcelo Bielsa? Yeah, they might not have Bamford, they might not have Rafinha, but they're still they're still a danger. Oh, it's hugely system-based. Like mm. it's massively system-based how it works, and uh, I can't remember what game it was, but there was a complete proof of like it being system-based because Junior Fipro, who's one of their new signings, a lad we were linked to. Uh, from Barcelona, he um he was completely out of position for one of their goals this year. I remember watching it because he went floating in from uh, I don't know he was out like he was supposed to be playing left back. He floated in from right back, started playing in the centre, and just started wandering around the place. And it actually came off him for the own goal. I don't know if you two remember that, but I remember watching that match of the day. It was against West Ham. It was against West. Yeah, Man, I'm pretty sure. I'm not. Yeah, and he, sure, he was yeah. just he was just in no man's land completely, and ended up getting in the way and scoring an own goal. So it shows how important that system is. So I think it's quite similar to Southampton in that way. With how many injuries they got, you got players who haven't played that system week in week out. All of a sudden, it starts falling apart. So you look at it and you're thinking it's it's more due to the new players than the second season syndrome because a lot of people look at Huddersfield or they look at Sheffield United or they look at uh, there's a, you know there's other teams to look at and think they did really well in their first season but now in the second year they have that not they don't they don't have the momentum but you know look look how well Leeds did in the first season I think they finished top ten with a, one of the best points totals even better than. Wolves when they first came up do you think it's that or do you think it's A because of the change of players B because of the injuries and, and etc I think you can see it as multiple variables of course now ev- everyone in the top flight has played against Leeds including the sides that I've is it including the sides that got promoted? I don't know. Um, but like mo- majority of teams in the top flight has played against this lead side. It it makes a difference going into a, a team that is slightly unknown. You've never played against. You don't quite have that system set up to properly like go for them. So I think it makes it it makes it a lot more difficult and. With how Bielsa plays, he's not like I don't think he. I don't. I don't watch it every week, but I don't think he's changed that tactical setup too much. And it is just multiple variables in the fact that teams are more used to how they play now. Injuries have settled in, so they don't have their best players out there. Rafinha is going probably going to be out, which is going to have to be a change in my FPL team. Uh, Bamford, <laughs> Bamford is out. Calvin Phillips is only just getting back into this side, so I think this will be his first game back, maybe even this season. I don't know. Um, but Leeds are still a dangerous side. They still have got quite a bit of quality about them, uh, so it'll still be a difficult game. And you look just before the international break, they did pick up their first win of the season. It was against what many people would consider quite a poor Watford side. And that's why uh, Munoz lost his manager, uh, lost his manager, lost his position as a Watford manager, even though that I, I believe Watford are like 14th in the table. So, you know, he's the first manager sacked. And when we look at the season preview, we'll see if anyone got that right for the for him to get sacked first. But they got their first one of the season. Lorente was the man that scored the goal. Jamie, just before the international break, how important was it that they that they got a win on the board for them to, you know, not feel sluggish and be in that relegation in those relegation positions that they've now got out of that area and they can probably look look on now. They've got us, they've got Wolves, they've got Arsenal. They've got Norwich. This this could be the start of a run if they play their cards right. 
Well, I hope it doesn't, Harry, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> All you're doing is picking them up there, lad. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, Reed. To be honest, it's just they're a good side. And like I said, like they, like I said previously, they bought really well in the summer. I think lots of people are underestimating them. And it just worries me. Like you said, Harry, they had that win. Lorente getting there, helping them just the last minute. It's just they will have that confidence that our side is lacking. But, it's, but one thing that does confuse me is um, I saw an interview by, with Alex McCarthy saying that the squad's a really tight-knit group at the moment and they're all really happy. But why can you be that happy when you haven't won a game in, what, seven now? I just I don't really understand the mindset there. I, think, I don't know, it's a bit confusing if you ask me. Well, Mikey, you were talking about uh, doing psychology on the last podcast. So, you know, you can go into I saw your face <laughs> shot there. My, I think Jamie's got a point. You know, you look around the squads, and it's good that they're upbeat. But is there is there a reason to be upbeat, or do they do you think like they still have belief in the side, which I hope they do? I, I feel like I keep making the same point every week in the in the fact yeah. that you know you look at the fixtures that we've had in our opening seven. Yeah, we haven't won any of them, but comparing them to last season, we've come out with more points than we did. As much as we knew how poor last season was going to be, we knew this season wasn't going to be too much better. So if you actually reflect on the the individual games instead of like the first seven games of the season, then those games have gone well. As much as we haven't got a win, there's still good results to take away from those games. And it's it is a good thing that it's a tight knit group and like you listen to uh interviews that like Tino Livramento has been giving or like um Ramon Parade and people like that who who've come into the side and they said that they pretty much got welcomed by everyone straight away. Like they were already in that group. They were already like joking around, having jokes and stuff like that. So like it it's a good thing that the players are still enjoying it. Because sometimes you do get players who don't enjoy their job as much as everyone wants to be a footballer like they don't enjoy their job so it is a good thing that these players are actually enjoying turning up to training enjoying being a part of that team enjoying playing on the weekends you have a look at the way that we've built our squads do you think a lot of that's down to that we've seen those personalities or you've had reports from other teams that they've got those personalities and that's the reason that they've come into the squad and they are tight or do you think players you know we don't know how they are but when they come into the squads they sort of they sort of have that sort of feeling if you know what I mean Mikey what 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 are your thoughts on that or do you think it's a bit of both I mean when when transfers are made like there are conversations from ex-coaches players people that the club know of what they're actually going to get when a player comes in um uh and it, it is it is something you do look out for. You want good characters in a squad. You want people who will get along with each other. So, I mean, especially in modern day, I know, I know like 20, 25 years ago, this stuff didn't really matter. But currently modern day, you look at the squads that like Liverpool are building up. They're probably the happiest team in the league. It looks like they all look like they're their best buds and they're running around together and Klopp's just part of that happy family. And I think that's what Ralph's trying to build is everyone just like sort of gets along gets on with it you need good connections to be able to play in this system so it i think it does it does make a difference and it makes it easier for morale to be boosted again if like we aren't we haven't had the best start to the season and of course morale is going to dip from that however like i i think that's a good thing in the squad to still have that positivity 
and that belief and that willingness to go out on a Saturday and feel like you are going to win. You look at the games that we've played so far this season, Everton, Manchester United, Manchester City, Newcastle, Wolves, Chelsea, and you come up against this lead size, you know, they're similar to us. They've got, they've not had the best start. I think they're only one place above us, but they, the players still feel fully behind the manager. They're still playing that really aggressive, high pressing system. We're coming up against a team that work in a similar way to us. How, how do you feel? Do you think that will benefit us? Because if they're pressing high, we're pressing high. It's going to be an energetic game, really good game of football. And we're not coming up against a team that sits deep and tries to hit the ball over the top. You know, do you think Ooh, that benefits really us, Jamie? Like you think got the first game back after um, lockdown, I think it was, we played Leeds at home. And they arguably we're the better side for the first half. And we kind of just gave up the, with this sort of high pressure. And they took over the game. And I just, I just, I think I'm just very worried about this Leeds side because they really can get us. And at times, I think we cope well playing against sides that are normally sitting back. However, I don't think we do very well against sides that just copy what, not copy what we do, obviously, but um, they do a similar style to us. It's not only really us and Leeds, you could argue, that play this sort of similar, fo- similar style of football. And we just don't know really how to cope against it. Mikey, we've played them twice in the previous nine months. We lost 3 and we lost 2-0. But I, I, similar to Jamie of what he said, I feel like in both games we started off the better team and slightly petered out, whether that's due to quality, whether that's due to fitness. I'll ask you the same question. How, how do you feel like we'll do against a team that has a, a similar source of system? It's not the same by any means, but a similar system. I mean, you know that both teams will create chances because of the mm. way that... that the team's press there are spaces to exploit um i think if i'm right yeah leeds have like the highest apart from norwich and newcastle they've got the highest xg against expect like so expected goals to concede so they do give up chances and they do good up give up good chances when those chances are sort of get, given up and we saw that when we played away at Ellen Road, I think Che Adams had two or three good chances. Nathan Teller had a good chance um, as well. I think, yeah, at, at home, the, the, we did dominate the first half. And it's about taking those chances when we got them. And that's been the issue this year, has been even though we've created chances to score maybe four, five, six more goals than we have already this year, we haven't taken them. And that that has been the issue. So... It I, it will be, if we can create the chances that we did and we can sort of put them away, then we'll win the game as much as that sounds really simple and stupid to say. <laughs> but if we, t- if we take those chances against Leeds last season in that first half, we go two, three goals up in the first half. Leeds aren't getting back into that. It's just we allow Leeds to come into the game and dominate and dominate more and sort of put put their stamp on the game. We can't allow that to happen. We have to take our chances early. Yeah. Right, just before the break, how easy is the normal edition of the three-man quiz, Mikey? Because every week <laughs> you seem to get it. Is it easy? Oh, wait, just tell me if it's easy. Wait, we get it in like, like, me and Jamie, we get it in like the first five minutes. Most that of the is time. true. Right. Yeah. That's why I've changed the three-man quiz up. I've, it's <laughs> three-man quiz 2.0. For people that didn't know the previous edition don't need to know the previous edition because i've changed it <laughs> it's still three players that played with one current saints player uh, sorry, sorry no 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 one former saints Ooh. player 
nowadays. So the, the pool is bigger, but the three players are more specific. There's one player that played before they got to Saints, a player that they played with when they were at Saints, and a player that they were playing with after they left Saints. So if it was Jose Fonte, for example, I could say Virgil van Dijk, Renato Sanchez, and then I could say Julian Spironi because he's played one before, one after, and one during. Do you get what I mean? Do you understand get, yeah. the concepts of the new quiz? And this week, will you get it first time? This week, it's Victor <laughs> Moses, Andros Townsend, and Matt Target. Those are the three players this week. Guys, do you have any, any thoughts? How do you feel about the change of the quiz? It's interesting. I, I I'm I'm excited because it means that you know, like it'll be a challenge. So that that'll be good. It'll be a challenge. If it's a challenge. So for people that didn't hear the names the first time, I'll say it two more times. Victor Moses, Andros Townsend oh, and it. Matt Target. That's Victor Moses, Andros Townsend and Matt Target. I made it a bit not I wouldn't say easy this week. I made it a bit simpler just to make sure that people know who it is. I'm pretty sure both of them have got it, but if you if you feel like you've got it, at Voice FM Radio on Twitter and at Saints underscore score, tweet us, social media us, and we'll see hopefully for you, you get the correct answer. I feel like Mikey knows it as well. Mikey, do you know it? Not at the moment, because I still don't understand what's going on. So Not at the moment. <laughs> well, at the break, I'll explain it more. I mean, hopefully you guys at home get it. But after the break, we'll talk a bit more about the Leeds game, a bit more about James or Prowse, Che Adams, who will both be missing out of the upcoming game, which, you know, could be slightly worrying for us. But, you know, we've got to get a win at some point. So after the break, we'll talk about that. This is Voice FM. Voice FM. Here at Voice FM, we know how tough lockdown has been. Me, I've had to give up seeing my friends. We understand. And Voice FM is here for you. This is Voice FM. Think you need medical help right now and you're not sure what to do? Go straight to NHS 111. Call, go online or use the NHS app. You'll answer questions about your symptoms and receive advice about what to do next and where to go. And, if needed, a healthcare professional will call you. NHS 111 is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So, if you're not sure what to do, go straight to 111. Help us help you know what to do. Salix Motors is your local independent German car specialist near St Mary's, Southampton. Here at Salix Motors, we offer dealer quality parts and service at local garage prices. Come to Salix Motors for your engine repairs, gearbox fixes and car servicing. And this year's MOT doesn't have to be a costly experience, with MOTs for only £29.99 when booked with a service. Phone Southampton 02382 335876 or go to salixmotors.co.uk. That's S-A-L-E-K-S And book your next service or MOT now. When your kids are ill, you just want to help them feel better. But you don't always need antibiotics. Get advice from your local pharmacy or search NHS Choices. Voice FM. Southampton. Voice FM. Voice FM. Hi, it's Danny from Southampton Spectrum. Thought I'd let you know that you can catch me and guest co-host every Saturday at 2pm for the best queer news, chat and fabulous music. Don't worry if you missed the show, you can listen again on voicefmradio.co.uk. The LGBT show. This is Voice FM. Voice FM. I'm a real snack monster. But mum and dad says all that munching isn't good for me. 
Around half the sugar we eat comes from unhealthy snacks and sugary drinks. If you want to change from a snack monster to a snack star, search Change for Life for loads of healthy snacking ideas. Southampton's Voice FM. Hello, welcome back to Voice FM 103.9. You listen to the Saints Score, also available on all good podcasting platforms. Now, boys, that's one big thing we haven't spoken about just yet is the fact that we're going to be missing our leader, our captain, James Ward-Prowse. Harry Tizard, please tell me what you think about that. You know what? I'm very, very worried. I was glad that he did get a bit of football during the international break because I, I did want him to have a bit of a rest, but he's going to basically have a rest until the last day of October. So I'm glad that he got on the score sheet for England. He made sure that he uh, he kept his record of only scoring from open play for England as well, which was <laughs> awfully good of him. I sadly missed the goal, but we'll go back to club football. And I think it's sort of what we talked about last week, the... His corners may not have been up to standard. I saw, I think it was The Athletic that tweeted something about us only having a a 19% success rate from corners. I imagine that's the ball hitting one of our players rather than obviously going into the back of the next. Otherwise, a 19% record would be absolutely fantastic. But like we said, I think it will be his presence in the midfields more as, as the captain, as the man that will help lead the press in terms of, you know, communication, knowing you know, just having the experience in the middle of the pitch and having Diallo there, I'm really excited for Diallo because him having three guaranteed games of football, or fingers crossed guaranteed from his point of view, to sort of prove himself in the team because he has done really well this season on the on the sort of the, the short cameos that he's played in and also the cup game against Sheffield United as well. So yes, there's obviously a level of concern. And if we have a free kick from 20 yards out, um, it's <laughs> unlikely, that, unlikely that Diallo is going to step up and put it top corner. <laughs> But I'm a bit excited as well. Mikey, how about you? Um, Yeah, it's going to be massive. It's going to be a massive miss for us. There's a reason why he hasn't not played in 101 appearances in the Premier League in a row, isn't it? Like, he's, yeah, that's, that's he's a mental number. It's a mental number. He's <laughs> so key to how we play. Um, and as a leader and everything like that, it's going to be very important. But it will be interesting to see how Diallo does because he hasn't had many... 90 minutes for us has he not this he's usually been like substitute appearances i know he did one against liverpool last year i think yeah he, he had a bit of a spell he had he a had bit a of a few, spell yeah. last year when romeo was injured he had a four or five game spell of getting 90 minutes he actually got a couple more than i expected but he he had i was looking at his um transfer marks there's obviously other websites available but that's the one i use to look at how many minutes players play and that's like Five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, 19, 19, 90, three minutes, two minutes. There's really, it was a really weird look because at the start, he came off the bench quite a lot. I remember against Aston Villa, he came on for like three minutes, then gave away a penalty, but we won that game 4 3. Anyway, Mikey, you can continue. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does because he is, he hasn't like sort of been nurtured in at this point. He is just being thrown in at the deep end now. Like, it's it's not really Ralph's choice to play him, but this is his chance to prove what he can do. He's got three games now, not a guaranteed three games, because we know that Smallbones back in the side as well. He's he's going to be looking around trying to find. He, he played his first ninety minutes uh, in the JPT, wasn't it? 
Yeah, against Charlton. Um, or the uh, the Papa John's Trophy. Yeah, it's not the JBT anyone. Oh, no, sorry. sorry. Oh, it's just been yeah. so long since we've been in League <laughs> One. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Papa John's Trophy. I apologise to, to, to the owners and, and Johnson Paint as well. Anyway. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah he, he, played, he played his his first 90 minutes there. So he's going to be trying to look around the first. Year. I know Ralph wants him to play more as a 10 instead of playing as a six, as yeah. he calls it. Um, but he did play there against Aston Villa when he made his Premier League debut, so or made his first start. So that's always an option for us as well. But that, that is like the position we just don't have any depth in. And that's the one that we were looking at to try and get before the transfer window shut. And unfortunately, it does leave us very bare with numbers. Um, but I think Moore Prowse is probably the one that we got more of a replacement for. I think when Romeu came out the side last year, we really struggled not having like a quote unquote destroyer in yeah. that midfield, someone just to sit deep and defend and, and be good on the press and be good on winning the ball back. Um, I think Wall Prowse is a bit more of a floaty player. He he gets stuck in, but he's not as successful as Romeo is. Um, I think he's in. I think someone made like a list of all the best like starting midfielders defensively, and he was actually in that bottom tier where he doesn't win a lot of his challenges, but he's just there as like an annoyance and to put apply pressure on. So it'll be interesting to see how Diallo does or Smallbone or whoever starts in that position. Um, and yeah, because we have seen formation changes as well. We've seen like four one four ones where Romeo sat deep and Warprouse has gone more advanced. So we could see Stuart Armstrong and Elianuzi come in to play as almost like two tens and then have two wide players like we did against West Ham. Um, so there's lots of variations. We don't have to just stick to this four, 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 two, four, 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 two. That's that's one. That's that's one four, way. Four, yeah, I think I think you're right in the fact that Romeo is definitely the one that's more difficult to replace. And I think I look around the Premier League and I. I think there's not many people like Romeo. I think Ndidi is probably the best way of looking at a midfielder that, that's like him, that not, likes to sit, likes to break up the play and is excellent at doing so. But I think finding a, a Romeo placement is almost impossible. Looking at Diallo, in the next three, let's just assume it's Diallo or let's say it's Smallbone or just whoever it is, whoever plays these next three games, or if it's a one and two or you know whatever sort of equation division you want to go for, They'll know that after these three games that War Prowse comes straight back into the team. Jamie, if you look at their their mindset, how do you think they'll feel? Because even if they have three ten out of ten games, they'll still be thinking, well, Captain James Will Prowse. And there's nothing wrong with that because he's he's been excellent. But Captain James Will Prowse will just walk straight back into the team, no matter what, I would assume. I don't think you can really say that, Harry, because you look at the likes of um Liveramino came, you don't think, no one ever thought he'd be able to get rid of Walker Peters, our best player last year, and he's managed to take his place straight away. So why can, why could Diallo not do that? Because I think it's very much, I don't think Ralph's the type of manager who's scared to do that at all. You've seen he benched captains before, and I genuinely think that if Diallo does have those three 10 out of 10 games like you're saying he will, or not saying he will, sorry, like you're saying he could do, then why not? Because I know Ralph wouldn't be afraid to do so. I love your variation of pronunciations that just go. Thank go you. I, I think is, I keep saying his name wrong. I'm just need to stick with one and live with it. Right, Mikey. We'll go to the psychologist again. Oh How about God. you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it. 
even if it means that Ward Prowse comes straight back in, if whoever comes in plays well, like it puts them as number three, mm. which can could be key. Like, because we could get another in- injury or we could get another suspension. Like, Romeo picks up suspensions throughout the year. He will do with the amount of yellow cards that he gets. Um, and Wal Prowse is not one for picking up yellow cards as well. He he does it quite a bit too. So there will be suspensions throughout this season. Um, so it just puts them as, like, the next in line. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Also, they get to play Premier League football for three games. Whoever comes in, like that, they'll get to play ninety minutes of Premier League football. So, it it's their opportunity to either even like put themselves in our side, or maybe attract interest from elsewhere. If they're not playing first team football here, they might be able to get first team football for maybe other clubs in the Premier League, or maybe look at further afield and and get first team football elsewhere. Yeah, I like the way you've put that. That there's multiple different reasons for them to, to play these upcoming games and you look at Smallbone you look at Diallo they're still 21 22 I'm not too sure Smallbone's exact age and that's still very young but in the in the grand scheme of professional football Premier League football they're going to be wanting wanting to get starts at this point of the season whether that's for their development whether that's because they believe that they should be getting those minutes how long do you think they could be Let's be honest, squad players, because Romeo and James or Prowse for the long term, unless we change to a three in midfield, which at the moment's unlikely, but you never know what could happen. Ralph could get sacked in three weeks, it could take over Newcastle. There's there's a million things that could happen, <laughs> and then the new manager does something else. Um but you look at that and think, how how long do you think they can be squad players for, even though they are only twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three at most? It depends on their ambition, their ceiling. Um if or they don't think that they can play at a higher level, then I'm sure they'd be happy being squad players here. But no, no footballer's happy when you're not playing first team football. You've seen the likes of Callum Slattery and people like that who have got up and moved and they don't want to wait for their opportunity anymore at Southampton. And he's gone to Motherwell, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a banger about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he did. Um, so like you do see these players just get up and leave. They they don't want to wait around. They don't they don't want to wait for these uh, opportunities that aren't really there in the Premier League anymore. You don't see many clubs pushing their youth unless that like top top quality. And now with what looks like our model is us bringing in Liver Livermento, Simeu, uh, Armando Broja, even though it's just for a season. These are players from clubs elsewhere. These are their youth players that we're bringing in. Thierry Small as well. So you're now thinking of what we're bringing through as a B team. We're bringing different players in from other academies because they're not good enough to make that step up to the first team. So you can only give it like a couple of years or so and all of a sudden you're not you're not making first team appearances. You're not playing first team football and that makes a huge difference as we've seen Jake Esquet was playing European football under Club Puel. He looked like he had a ceiling. He looked like he could maybe make it in the Premier League. He's now playing for Eastleigh. Like he's not even got because he's 25 now. He's not got a lot of minutes playing even football league because of the amount of injuries that he picked up out on loan. I know he went to out on loan to Burton and MK Dons. 
but he didn't pick up a lot of minutes because of how many injuries he got. And that is key if you want to make it as a professional footballer. You need to be playing men's football. So it might be even the case if Smallbone doesn't get the minutes for us this season, he might, he probably would want a loan out to try and prove himself elsewhere that he is good enough to play in the men's league. So after whether he doesn't make out of Southampton after he leaves, there will be an opportunity for him to continue playing in the professional game because that makes a huge difference whether you actually play or not. I think that's well summed up. And now <laughs> we'll move on to the predicted starting eleven. And there could be a lot of changes this week because of injuries and alternative reasons. And we'll start off in goal. Alex McCarthy has been talking to the media this week. and He's talking about uh, dealing with the pressure and dealing with social media and stuff like that. Will he remain in goal for this game? Most likely. Yes. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty certain. Do you know what? I think he's done quite well this season, all things considered. So he's going to stay in goal in our predicted 11. Full-backs, Livermento is almost guaranteed his right-back position, and so he should. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this year. I think he's been one of our best players, both offensively, and I think he's fantastically defensively as well. But left-back... It's another thing that's been talked about in, in Ralph Halsnitz's post-match press, uh, sorry, pre-match press conference. Parade or Kyle Walker-Peters on the left-hand side. I believe he was talking about he likes to use Walker-Peters when they're good at driving inside of the ball and keeping hold of the ball on the left-hand side. And Parade for overlapping on the left. Mikey, who's the best option against Leeds United for if, you know, if you go by his explanation? Well, if you look at how Leeds sort of play with how many bodies they do get forward there probably is quite a bit of space inside so that would be i i would want parade to start because i just like having a left footer at left back that's just a personal thing um however if you do have that space and walker peters has proven how good he is at driving with that ball forward how well he takes on players you can get that inverted run so i wouldn't be surprised to see him playing at left back and like maybe even gineppo play on left mid I know we haven't got to that bit yet, but I, I think <laughs> really, we can see him. I, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Parade, Carl Walker-Peters, who are you saying for the left? Parade, personally, because I think we need to be more defensive. Right. Central midfielders. Romeo's a guarantee. Are we saying Diallo's a guarantee as well? Because I think... centre-halves? Do you no. know what? That's a brilliant point. We'll move to centre back. <laughs> Is it going to be Salita and Bednarek? Yes. Now yes, we'll move, move on. on to central <laughs> midfield, and we'll go. We'll go. Romeo is guaranteed. Is Diallo. it going to be Diallo? Is it going to be Diallo, Mikey? Um. Yeah. Uh, lots of thinking is going on. Lots no. Of thinking. Right. I'm interested to know who's going to play there instead. Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong's going to play there instead, coming back from injury, and I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to play right attacking midfield, and that's where I'm going to put him on the team. But I'll go to you two. Who do you think the winger's going to be? I'm saying Gineppo and Armstrong. Is Elianusi going to get there after two good goals for Norway, Jamie? Or is he going to be someone else on the wing? We put Gineppo left, Elianusi right, and have Armstrong in the middle. So Redmond's going to get dropped. Recently, Redmond's been an undroppable character, and I don't really been, understand why. You know, he's given some serious praise in the in the pre-match press conference when asked about him. Mikey, left wing, right wing. You've already said that Armstrong's going to play at central midfield, which I'd happily have, in all fairness. But who are you going to put on the wings? Right, no, I just want to go to 
Jamie's point there. Why Most why do people not like Redmond? Redmond is a brilliant like people like Gineppo because of how good he is defensively. What a fantastic defensive winger he is. Redmond's the exact same. He'll put in the effort, he'll put in the work off the ball, and that's the main important in this system. Yes, he's not always the best on the ball, but that's his job is to run yeah. at people one on one and trying to create those chances. So he will lose the ball often. That's how that works. Do you like think him? Gineppo, Elianuzzi, they'll lose the ball often because they're trying to create space, trying to create chances. So yeah. that is what their job is. Are you putting him at left wing or are you going to put Gineppo there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Gineppo and Elianuzzi starting. Because I think, I think what will happen, it will be very similar to how we played against West Ham. I think with Romeo sitting deep, almost just as a single six bringing Armstrong and Ellie and Uzi in as two tens will just they they will be a lot more natural in those positions than a Warprouse would be so I could see us switching to that and then having Gineppo maybe Redmond maybe um a Teller or a Walcott he's back isn't he as well yeah. so maybe have a wide player so two definite wide players and then Romeo holding as a six and then we have two tens and one up top I think that's how we'll see it work out. So who's your striker? Is it going to be Adam Armstrong? Yes, because unfortunately, Che Adams picked up an injury for Scotland, which I thought he played really well in that game as well. I thought he was really good. Did you watch it? I miss. I, I watched the highlights. I think I was oh, doing it was something. Mad. Like, what day was it? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. It was the day before the England game, so it must have been a Friday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure what I was up to. It was insane. I would like to play two strikers, Harry. You said two a strikers. striker. Who are you going to put up front? Borgia and Armstrong, Brogia. man. Brogia, I want 20 seconds on Brogia. Why do you think he should be starting? Because he's not started a Premier League game yet. Exactly. It's his perfect chance to start against attacking sides. The leads line very high up the pitch. And he's brilliant at getting the ball and running of it. He's one of our fastest players. You wouldn't believe it by the height of him. He's, he's pacey and he's strong. Easily barge people off the ball and go free. A bit, a bit I'd say, but like Danny Ings. Get the picks up the ball, wins it, and hopefully okay, maybe get a goal. I think it's a similar situation to the Wall Prowse Diallo one in the fact that I know Adams didn't play any part in the Chelsea game. Well, I'm ninety five percent sure he didn't. But having another striker that that's out of the pecking order means that he's more likely to start, more likely to get minutes. And if he wants to start Premier League games, the next five are absolutely crucial. Right. Quick before the break three man quiz if you're new to the to this show one player that used to play for us um that you know since he was at the club the three players are someone that he played with before he joined saints during he joined well whilst he was at saints <laughs> and after he was at saints and this week the three players are victor moses andros townsend and matt target that's victor moses andros townsend and matt target remember tweet us at saints underscore score or at voice fm radio if you've got the answer and we'll reveal it after this short break this is voice fm here at Voice FM, we know how tough lockdown has been on your business. Struggling with furlough, working from home, or being closed altogether. We understand, and Voice FM is here for you. Ch -ch Tune in to 103.9 for regular small business shout outs to keep our community thriving. Starting from tomorrow, we unprecedented all. Experts when things don't feel so good out there. <sighs> 
make inside feel better. There are things we can all do to look after our mental well-being. Every Mind Matters can get you started with a free NHS online plan, showing you simple steps to help manage anxiety, sleep better, and boost your mood. For your mental health action plan, search Every Mind Matters today. I want to get our windows and doors replaced. Do you know a good company to use? We had ours fitted last month. We found the company on the Fencer website and we love how they look. I'll have to check it out. Just remember to ask them for your Fencer certificate. Why? What is it? It tells you the installation complies with building regulations. Oh, and solicitors always ask to see them when you're buying or selling your house, so it's really important. Okay, so what's the website? Fencer.org.uk. And remember... Yes, I know. Don't don't forget forget to to ask ask for your Fencer Fencer certificate. Fencer. All the proof you need. Brilliant, I finally quit. It's an amazing feeling when you stop smoking and our range of free support can help you quit for good. To find out more, search Smoke Free. Voice FM. Voice FM. Join Nick Heath, Stu Bailey and Joe Vaughan for Club Night Live every Saturday evening, 6 to 8pm for two hours of seriously good house music. Expect all the latest tracks you can get your hands on as well as always exclusives and promos. That's Saturday nights, 6 till 8 p.m. Club Night Live on Southampton's Voice FM. Voice FM. Voice FM. Have you seen that change for life? It's all about small changes we can do to make us healthier. Whether you and your family want to cut back fat, watch the salt, make sugar swaps, get your five a day or be more active, Change for Life has something for you. To find loads of easy everyday ideas, just search online for Change for Life. Now. Southampton's Voice FM. We're back for the final third of this week's episode of the Saints Gone Voice FM 103.9, as well as all your good podcasting platforms. It's myself, Harry Tizard, with Jamie Allen and Mikey Maisman this week. And before we continue, we've got to, you know, I've got to deal out the answer to this week's three man quiz, the new three-man quiz i've changed it up a bit now if you've just joined the podcast it's one former saints player that have that's currently or has played with three of these players that's either before they joined the club after they left the club or whilst they were at the club and this week it's victor moses andros townsend and matt target and i'm glad to hear that both of you have got different answers to this week's quiz. Jamie, who's your player for this week? I, I, I would like Mikey to go first. You want Mikey like to, Jamie go. to go first? Right, okay, I'm going to make the executive decision and say, Jamie, you can go first. I have answered Stephen Corker. Stephen Corker, right. Mikey? Mikey. I think it's Nathaniel Klein. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Mikey's got it. He's nailed it. He's nailed it. I need to. I need to make. I need to make a quiz like for everyone, and then make one for Mikey. Because when did the final time play? Oh, right. final time play with Moses at Palace. Yeah. Oh, then what? Oh, then he Townsend played at, Andrews Townsend uh, at Crystal Palace, which Palace. really, yeah. really confused me because both players had played with Clyde at Crystal Palace. So I was yeah. sort of losing my mind over the fact that that was See, it. I said Stephen Corker because he was with Townsend at Spurs, then with Matt Target when he was alone on us, and then he was also with um, Fanabache at the same time as Victor Moses. Yeah, but it would have been, he would have played at Fanabache after 
Oh, um, there we go. But it's, yeah, it's a close yeah. call, that, though, so I think that's Actually, quite impressive for me. Wait, Nathaniel Klein wouldn't have played... That's with Stephen Corker, mate. Mm, Stephen maybe. Corker. Yeah. So is that two answers to your question, Harry? Interesting. I mean, no, because they, they didn't play with Nathaniel Klein at Fenerbahce. No, I'm, I'm talking about Stephen Corker, silly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, technically... No, that uh, could be... The Victor Moses loan move was 2019 to 20, when yeah, he was at Fenerbahce. Oh, Stephen so, yeah. Corker joined there in 2021. Yeah, Close see. call there. Oh, Let's be fair, both respectable answers. Both respectable answers. Okay. But next week, I'm going to make it so impossible that Mikey <laughs> can't get it. It's going to be so unfair on Mikey. But in that, you know what? he's not going to know what's going on, is he? He's uh, just going like, to not have a clue at well, all I'll, what's going I'll, on. I'll explain it to him. But if you got the answer, well done. Because uh, you've, d- you've done well. Because all three, all both of them, all both of them, both of them had a long <laughs> think about it during the break. So. It, it wasn't e- it wasn't as easy as normal, was it? As, as, no. It, and I, pref- I prefer this one because there's such a long pool of players that that it could be. Yeah, you're not you're not restricted to like twenty. And in all fairness, <laughs> probably about six. That yeah, about six had players at this point. And yeah, <laughs> all of them would have played for about three teams, and one player just make it. One player would just make it obvious, but. We've talked about Leeds United and the starting lineup that we, you know, we think that's going to happen, but we haven't talked about what we think the score's going to be. And I'll start with Mikey Maidman on this one because he's going to be the man that's going to go to the game and give us the the scout report for next Saturday's show. Mikey, what do you think the score's going to be this week? Will Saints pick up their first one of the season? I can, if we... If we take the chances that we will create against Leeds, I think we can win it 2-0. I, I, think, I think we can. However, oh, there's so much doubt going into this. <laughs> what's the doubt? What's, what's the doubt? The doubt is that on, we, we know how, Southampton, how good Southampton can be. And we also know how good Leeds can be. We also know how bad both teams can be. They have really <laughs> good performances or really bad performances. And you just don't know which one you're going to get. So it could be the case that Leeds are going to be the team that turned up when they lost like 5-2 or 5-1 to Manchester United earlier this year. And they could just absolutely capitulate and we could roll over them. Or it could be the Leeds side that turned up uh, like last season when they were beating sides 3-4-0. Like, you just don't know what Leeds are going to get. It's the same with Southampton. If we get a good performance, we can win this game. You're thinking about a clean sheet. I want, I want to know where that comes from as well. Uh, the hope that Jan Benderek doesn't start. <laughs> who would, I mean, who else are the centre-back options? Are I genuinely couldn't care <laughs> but he's only, he's only played one cup game, so I think that he needs a bit more of a, a bedding in periods. But I think, I think, do you know what? I think he'll come out good. So you're saying 2-0, Jamie. What are you going to say for this See, game? Are you going to go 2-0? Paper, it should be a high-scoring game. However, yeah. we don't score. <laughs> so that's my yeah, I mean, issue I am having. So I believe it'll be a one-all draw and there'll be uproar from fans. However, it'll actually be a good result. No, I think most fans would take a 1-1 draw against Leeds United. I know that they, they're currently placed, I want to say, 16th in the league. Only one place above yeah. us. But I think people still have last season in their memory, and correctly so, because they've not lost any of their key players. I think they might lose Rafinha next next summer if they don't finish in the the you know the Europa League places because a lot of big teams have been rumoured for him. But I, I still think they're a very decent team. So I think one all would be fair. 
I'm just going to... I said 2-0 to someone else. I wasn't convinced. I talked to one of my Leeds friends earlier this week and I, I wasn't convinced about Saints' uh, credential. Yep, I was waiting for that, Jamie. Credentials <laughs> due to the fact that, you know, like, like Jamie says, we don't score. And that's my main worry, that we don't have that clinical edge this season. And when we talk about the other relegation candidates later in the show, that's something I'll, I'll bring up because if we can't score, we're not going to win games. But... I'm going to go for a 2-1. I, I feel like we'll struggle to keep a clean sheet. But then, then once again, if they don't have Patrick Bamford, who scored a lot of their goals last season, if they don't have Rafinha that created a lot of their chances last season, we could have a good game on our hands for both sides. So I'm going to say 2-1. Mikey, you said 2-0 just now. Are you worried about our scoring potential in the game? Yes. Uh, I think that's a point that we brought up a lot this season. Mm. Is uh, when when you have a player like Danny Ings, you will get you like fifteen to twenty goals a season. Like that doesn't guarantee you safety, but it's all like you look back at previous sides, like when Sunderland were down, um, down in the Premier League, they had Jermaine Defoe, who could get them that fifteen to eighteen goals a season. That would just push them up and away from the relegation zone. And that's what we had with Danny Ings. And the issue is now is that we don't have that. Adam Armstrong hasn't kicked on from that first goal that he scored against Everton. And all of a sudden we're looking very much downwards more than upwards because we're just not scoring goals. But you do look at sides around us and they do. You, you see some with goal scorers and some without. And that's the horrible thing is like you look, you look, I know this was, I don't know if you want to move on to this segment now. I don't want to ruin the running. Order. You can keep going. We, I've got, I'm, I'm happy. I'm flexible, Mikey. You can keep going. Amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Watford have like got the likes of Ishmael Assar, who will get goals for him. He, he may even get a move to in January. Who knows? But Ishmael Assar will get goals for Watford this season. Mikey, we, got... have, we have Nathan Redmond. He's already got four. Like Nathan yeah. Redmond hasn't got a goal or an assist this season. Israel Asar's got four goals this season already for Watford. Um, you then look at the likes of Crystal Palace. They've got Wilfred Zaha, who will get them goals. Apart from that, Odison Eduardo, I know he scored two against Spurs. I don't know if he's got another one this season no. yet, though. So they may struggle. Sorry, give me a sec. <clears throat> Lovely. Um, Leeds have got Patrick Bamford. They should be fine. Uh, you then look at Burnley, who have Chris Wood, but whether he's going to get consistent goals yet or not, I have taken out my fantasy Premier League team. I'm pretty sure I haven't he's looked at it in like four weeks, but he hasn't <laughs> scored a goal yet this season. Um, Newcastle have got Callum Wilson and St. Maxman. However, They're whether they can stay Mbappe. fit the entire... They will sign Mbappe, <laughs> yeah. What will be really <laughs> funny is if Newcastle don't invest during January and they do go down this season. That'd be great. Because um, to have like a million multi-billionaire owner in the championship will be fantastic. Norwich will struggle for goals this year. So you do look, at, and there are teams around us who will struggle for goals. They won't have the goal scorers. However, we are one of them, and that is a worry. <laughs> yeah, with 10 minutes left, we're going to have a quick look at the other relegation candidates. I don't want to be dismal but we are 17th after seven games and it's good to have a look around the leagues especially because Newcastle have got you know massive investors and if you have a look on Twitter I think it was Kieran Maguire the, the football finance expert just have a look at him and he'll tell you everything you need to know about Newcastle it's scary if you're a team of our position because they can spend a ridiculous amount without financial fair play hindering them but we'll look at the bottom three who's going to finish above us we've already talked about Norwich they lost Buendia to Aston Villa 
And like you say, I don't think they've got enough scoring potential. I and so far they've they've not really played well. They've got a nil nil draw against Burnley, but that's not going to keep you up, sadly, from their point of view. So I can are we going to agree that Norwich they're going to be the twentieth place team this season? Is there any, anyone that's going to say no to that? Well, the supercomputer Harry said they're going to finish there as well, so I agree. Yeah, that's, with you. that's something else that we need to discuss because they <laughs> said we finished nineteenth without a win, which I'd I'd be very upset with, but. The other two positions, for me, there's four teams that could go down. We're one of them, and there's only three places. And those four teams are us, Burnley, Norwich, and Watford. Because I think Newcastle could, but I think they're, they've got a lot of potential. I'm just, I'm, for Watford, I'm scared, because if they lose as Malasara, they could be in some serious problem. I think they're like Norwich with Buendia. You know, once they, if they lose that big player... They could be in some serious trouble, and we don't know how Ranieri's going to do. It's really tough because you, if going to the start of the season, you'd, you'd like to think you put Brentford down there as well. Mm. But they just had such a good run of it. I don't really know what it is, but is it Thomas Frank is an yeah. unbelievable manager. I remember seeing him previously in that when they didn't win the playoff final. I think how disappointed he was and thinking how they and saying there's going to be a reaction in the club. And it's showing right now. And it's really, it's just for a club like us, it's a real shame to see them doing so well. I think they're, so, just, they're just really smart with their business. They didn't do a lot of business, but I think Ajay coming in, they brought, they brought some, a few other players in there as well. They just sort of strengthened it where they needed to without spending a lot of money as well. So it's, it's really tough because yeah, cause Burnley, they just always seem to somehow just bring it back around, especially towards the end of the season, which is worrying for us because. We don't have anyone that can be our magic man. So Prowse is a brilliant player, but he's not the goal scorer we need. I'm very am getting scared. Very am getting scared. I am now <laughs> getting very scared. I think there are a couple more teams you can add to that list, though. As I'm much ready. as they've had good starts to the season, um, XG God to Brighton. You know <laughs> that they they could be up or down this year depending on in all fairness their xg this season isn't actually that good which is quite funny considering that they got four wins from their first seven um but brighton could drop off quite easily um if they don't start or if they don't keep up their other form brentford is another side as well we know the quality that they do have but it's a very similar squad that they had to last season so Yes, it could be a system thing, but we've seen the likes of Blackpool. I don't know this was like a decade ago, which makes me feel really old. But like Black Blackpool came up, were incredible for the first half of the season, went down. Hull were very similar in the fact they had really under Phil Brown, was it or something like Mike, that? I can't... Under Phil Brown, but also Mike Phelan a couple of years ago. I remember when they beat Leicester on the opening day of the season. They yeah. Like they they, really well. they had really good starts to the seasons. However, dropped off. They went down that year. I think under Phil Brown, they just stayed up. I think they were seventeen. So we've seen teams have really good starts, but not be able to keep up throughout the entire season. You can also look at maybe Wolves. We don't know how they're going to do. I know they beat us uh, last week, not last weekend, the weekend before or the weekend before that. <laughs> the second to last game. So, we, so, many, so many, so many weekends games. ago. Um, yeah. We lost to Wolves. However, that was a close game, and we we don't know how they're going to do throughout the rest of the season. They if they don't pick up results, then they could be down there too. Crystal Palace is an unknown entity. They've had a very mixed start to the season. They've only won once in their first seven, 
So they could be another team down there as well. I think the list is a lot longer than you think it's going to be. I think there are a lot of teams that you just don't know the quality that they have. And I think you'll be a, a you'll be able to tell who will be down there in that battle in another 10 games time. I think once you get to Christmas, once you get to the end of December, you start looking at January. That's when you look at the table and go, okay, this is the group that we're going to be playing against. Because once you get to 19 games, you're halfway through the season, you're going to play everyone else again. And that's when you've got to look at the games and think, oh, that's going to be important. That's going to be important. That's going to be important. So at the moment, we're just playing games week in, week out, and we're just going to see where we're going to be. Yeah, I I think I agree. You know, seven games in, a lot of different things could happen. I'm only looking for the squad depth point of view that Norwich they don't have the depth they don't have a score you look at Watford apart from Saar they don't have depth they don't have a, a clinical number nine you look at Burnley yes they've got you know they always seem to stay up but there's always going to be a thing in the back of the minds that once again I don't think they've got a, a level of squad depth Pope's contracts out at the end of next season so he, he'll be half an hour on a different move I, I don't I mean I don't know his personality what, what he's like but that's what it, what it is with players Tarkovsky and Ben Mee are both out of contract pretty quickly I think Mee's in a year's time and Tarkovsky's this season that's why I put them down there but you're correct I think Crystal Palace are an un, unknown entity Wolves I think are going to be fine I think Jimenez will start to do well and I think his two assists against who was it against last week? I can't remember. In a 2-0 win, they did really well. Newcastle, or 2-1 win, sorry, they did really well. Huang Hee Chan's done fantastic as well. He scored three goals already. But I think, yeah, the, the Premier League's a lot more open than people think. It's just, I'm looking at those four teams, I'm thinking those are the main candidates. Do you think the four teams that I named are the main candidates? Or do you seriously think, just at, in general, do you genuinely think, do you know what, that team, they should be looked at more because they've got more chance of going down than any other? Uh, at the moment, yeah, I think those are the ones that you can point a finger at and go, yeah. The, you look at squad depth, maybe even budgets, and you just look at that and go, yeah, that's probably where you think they'll be. Um, but then again, you just you just don't know. Like even even the likes of uh, uh, if Brentford lose Ivan Tony, like that's going to be huge if he gets mm. injured. You you just don't know how that's going to go. Leicester lose Jamie Vardy, you don't know how that's going to go. There'll probably be enough, but like, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be know. crazy. It, it, never it, it, but but that's, that's always, that's always an option. You don't know how seasons are going to go. We could, we could effectively like, I don't know, in the next four games, four of our players all get leg breaks and all of a sudden we're looking odds on to be relegated. You don't know how the season's going to go. You don't know if there's going to be contract issues or managers switched up. Brendan Rogers has been talked about going to Newcastle. That has been a rumour that's been going around. Like You just don't know how things are going to play out. You could lose Brendan Rodgers, get a different manager in, all of a sudden you're changing the system, changing the way they're playing, maybe mm. players don't like him, all this sort of stuff. You just don't know. So I'm sure Leicester won't be down there. But going off of what a lot of people are saying about the start of the season, they're 13th, they've only got two wins this year. They're currently winless in four. So... Like if you look at the start of the season, you, they're they're one of them that are down there. So you, you just you just don't know. Leicester goal, I think, picks up a knock in international duty as well. So it might be another centre back that's injured. But you know, mm. in five games' time, this run of form, if we get five wins, pick up fifteen points, you never know. But that could be the same for any team. Anyway, right, Champions League form at that point. 
Sadly, we've run out of time for this week's podcast. <laughs> I hope that everyone enjoys. We'll see you next week. Thank you.